Welcome to Words with Logan and Friends, a podcast where we talk about sports, life, and a variety of topics submitted by you, the listener. My podcast is now available on all streaming services. Welcome into Words with Logan and Friends. I am joined by one of my best friends growing up through elementary school, middle school, and high school, Parker Costellic. Parker, how are you doing tonight? Logan, what's going on, man? Um, just enjoying my time out here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's a nice 85 degrees right now, and it's almost 9 p.m., so it's always warm down here in the summertime, but thanks for having me on, man. So you got a nice little mini handlebar mustache growing as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best on it. Sometimes it, it looks better than others, but I'm seeing what I can do with this right now. How's the girlfriend feel about it? Uh, you know, she she doesn't mind it. Obviously, our... <laughs> All your uh, your listeners out there can't can't see me that COVID has now become a worldwide pandemic. It seems yep. to now be taking the the back seat to another important issue. But in Louisville, what what effects has it had on you and your everyday life? Well, honestly, it's been it's been tough. I mean, I, everyone else who's on the nation right now is, is feeling the effects is around the world too, but. I mean, obviously, like I'm in I'm in dental school, so our clinics have been closed here since March. Uh, we're actually finally getting back going here in June, but it's just been a, it's been a lot, man. Closing closing things down, um, you know, a lot of people are out of work right now and things like that. So it's pretty unfortunate. Um, I'm hoping that we can bounce back pretty quickly, but I don't know. We'll see. This is obviously we've never seen anything like this before. And unfortunately, this stuff gets politicized when it really doesn't need to be. But I'm just hoping that the level-headed people can prevail and that we can uh, work through this together. Now, has this outbreak caused a delay in your grad school at all, or are you still on track as normal? I mean, those are like the questions that I feel like everyone is asking, whether it's in my situation or, you know, like yourself, you're a teacher, so... You're asking like, what? How am I going to deal with my students? I'm sure, um, I'm sure your all your your the end of your activities got changed, and it's kind of been the same for me. It's kind of hard to predict that far. I'm supposed to graduate next May, so we'll see. At at this time, if I had to predict, I'd say we'd probably be around that same time frame as far as graduation goes. But honestly, it's it's tough to really say right now. You living in Louisville, I can't imagine the outcry that's been happening with Brianna Taylor being one of yep. the most highly discussed, you know, issues of uh, racial injustice or uh, whatever angle that you look at it. What has the city of Louisville really looked like as a result of this issue happening rather recently? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I want to obviously say that everyone here in Louisville is taking is taking it just as seriously as, as everyone else. I mean, I was just reading and looking through some photos on the New York Times, and, you know, it's phenomenal that you'll see, whether it be Minneapolis, whether that's Louisville, like smaller cities like where we grew up, just for example. And, you know, it's, it's really refreshing to see that, and especially down here in Louisville, we have a really strong community. There's just a couple organizers that I've met one before, not close with this individual at all, but um, it's through a friend of a friend, and she's been organizing some things, especially in like the white white communities in Louisville. So we've gotten some some protests and some acknowledgement out on both sides of the city, which is really important because um, it just the the more the collective that you can get, it seems to be uh, more beneficial for your community and uh, more beneficial for the cause. So um, it's definitely long overdue. Um, I hope everyone is obviously staying safe out there. It can get a little hectic at times, it seems. We were just talking before we came on, and you are just mentioning the uh, the walk that you did yesterday. And I guess you can probably tell tell the listeners right now how, how long you, you guys all went. Yeah, so we went 13.8 miles. I went with about six or seven friends of mine. We actually jumped in. We were, we were not expect, expecting it to be as big as it was. It sounds like in the range of twenty to 30,000 people. And when we jumped in, we were towards the beginning. And then when we got about, I don't know, about an hour and a half in, 
it was like, wait a second, I thought we were just at the beginning. And then you have so many people that are in front of us because so many people were jumping in. Um, but it was by far the most powerful and, you know, seeing all these different people coming together and different ages, different genders, different races, religion, etc. You know, everybody coming together. It's just, it was quite a sight to see. And you live in Louisville and I've been to Louisville once in my life. My friend Joe, his parents at one time lived on the edge of Louisville. They actually lived in Floyd's Knobs in Indiana, which is right on the other side of the bridge of Louisville. I've seen the Louisville Cardinal Football Stadium. I've seen the Yum Arena, which is awesome. And, you know, Louisville is a city that's on the rise. And I know a lot of people have been pushing for Louisville to get some professional sports teams. You know, they, they have Louisville FC. Have you been to any games for Louisville FC? You know, they I haven't been to a game, but um, I was planning on getting there this year, obviously, before everything had gotten um, thrown out of whack. But Louisville FC just built a brand new stadium. It's right here on the interstate uh, on the east side of downtown. So I'm really excited once that opens back up to get out there. Um, they had been playing at our AAA baseball affiliate stadium before that. So... It's going to be real nice to get their home little area uh, for the fans to come out. Because honestly, like you said, the Cardinals down here, they're our biggest draw. Lots of Louisville fans um, show up to all their games, whether it be football. We have a good baseball team. Uh, women's basketball is huge, too, as well as with the uh, men's Cardinals team. So people just love sports, man. And we both know that no matter if you're, you know, in a small town watching um baseball are you in a big city with professional and sometimes even your college sports teams down in the south i mean wherever the case may be people are going to be there so i'm excited that our, our uh, soccer team got a new new stadium and everything like that i'm looking forward to it another monument in louisville that i checked out and got the whole experience for outside of a race is churchill downs right there in louisville obviously a big draw for a lot of people regardless of if you even watch sports and i know you've told me that you live about a mile away what experience have you had with Churchill Downs? Yeah, it's, it's really great you bring that up. I live real close to uh, to Churchill. They're actually doing some renovations down there right now, uh, putting up uh, some new buildings down in that area. But I actually went to the Kentucky Derby two years ago. Uh, it turned out to be the wettest Kentucky Derby in <laughs> the history. I think that was like the 147th year that they'd been run. It, it rained over two inches of, two inches of rain that day. Um, and you know, you, you go there. I, I only bought a ticket to get into the infield and it's, it's pretty much like a little party going yeah, on. There, but yeah, yeah. Probably wasn't the best experience that I could have had at, at the race, but I mean, yeah, the, the event is huge. A lot of big time, A-list celebrities, athletes are all at the event too. So you'll obviously see some social media. I know Tom Brady goes down there a lot. Uh, I think A-Rod Rogers has gone down, down there a couple of times too. So it's a really big event and it's awesome. It brings a lot of people into the community. And it's a really good time. Obviously, got the mint juleps uh, at the race. It's a Kentucky staple with our bourbon and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's hectic down there. It I probably wouldn't go again in the middle of the infield just because it's hard to see everything. It's so it's so crowded down there too. So maybe someday I'll get back and go in the stands, but we'll see. I, I don't know if I'll be willing to fork out that kind of money to sit up there, but you never know. My favorite part about Louisville, though, was we spent one night down at 4th Street Live. I was talking to you before the show. I went to Kansas City a couple months ago, and they must be owned by the same people, but they had a KC Live, and it was kind of similar in that it's a little venue, and it's multiple floors with numerous bars, restaurants, etc., and you can just kind of bounce around. Well, first of all, there is a place where one of my buddies was a little under the influence and he did some bull riding. I remember that. And then on the other side of that floor, there was a place that had like bags, it had darts, it had all these different games that you could play as well. And it was just kind of a cool social little area. But I loved 4th Street Live. I thought it was awesome. The only problem is they didn't have any Miller Lite. They only had Bud Light. That was their main beer they were selling. I don't get down to the to that area a ton but when i do it is a really good time the restaurants on there are always pretty busy i mean obviously since the pandemic has swept through everything's pretty much closed here um so that's unfortunate but it's fun to get down there man especially if you have people who are coming in from out of town like yourself it's uh it's a good place to show everyone there's some good views some good restaurants and uh it's like a good experience you got 
a lot of like uh, bourbon down there too, which is nice. And it shows the downtown a little, a little bit as well. So also Logan, I gotta, I gotta say you and your listeners, there's, there's a, a way to say Louisville that everyone from down here will know that you're not from <laughs> and it's when we say Louisville. So that's how you and I grew up saying it, but down here it's Louisville. Really? Yeah, it's like a it's like a one syllable like Louisville. Hmm. How have you been staying in touch with your Packers? I know you're a diehard Packer fan. Grew up being a Packer fan. I haven't been watched. I haven't like retroactively gone back and watched anything. I'm just more so on like social media, checking out what's going on. It's really tough to uh, to envision what it's going to be like at Lambeau this year. I mean, no one really knows as far as the stadium capacity, what that's going to be. And honestly, like Lambeau is one of those places where the crowd really has an influence. I'm just kind of like curious about what's going to happen during this upcoming season. You know, the, how the home crowd is going to be different, how that's going to change betting lines, everything like that. So I'm really interested about, about the crowd aspect, especially up at Lambeau with the pack this year. I grew up being a Charger fan, especially San Diego. I was never really a diehard football fan. I mean, you can remember that when we were in elementary school, you may not, but when I was in like fourth grade, I was wearing a Vikings coat to recess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things if you're really not a huge fan of the sport and you haven't gotten like swept under that that rug that is your hometown team, you definitely latch on to players more so. Sure. Like young kids. So like I can't I can't really blame you for the LT thing and obviously the Chargers jerseys are sweet so mm-hmm. that is a factor too but i can't let you slide on this vikings nonsense. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous um i kind of wanted to continue with, with a little bit of nfl stuff though i know you you do a lot of a lot of fantasy you're you're pretty dialed into your sports obviously the raiders in vegas how do you feel about legalizing betting and mm-hmm. how it's kind of sweeping the nation right now DraftKings, you know points bet all sorts of stuff like this now we got Obviously, the Golden Knights and the Raiders are in Las Vegas. How do you feel about that so far coming up? So I was actually really excited. My The first year of the Las Vegas Golden Knights existence, I was able to see them live in Vegas. I had never been to a hockey game. I had never even been to an Admirals game. And we were way up because being in Vegas, it's very expensive, as you can kind of imagine. I can't even picture what the price of these Raider tickets are going to be. But, you know, that hockey atmosphere was wild. It's so fast-paced with hockey. There's no downtime. You know, what I really realized about that is they were playing the Blues at the time, and I hate the Blues. I hate the Blues so much. And I'm not, like, a diehard hockey fan, but I just can't stand them, probably because I don't really like the city of St. Louis. What I really realized is it was a damn near 50-50 split regarding Knights fans and Blues fans. And it sounds like that's kind of the way every single game is. So looking at it from the perspective of Raiders, we know Las Vegas is a tourist city. I think we're going to see kind of the same with that with the Raiders. Now we know that Raiders fans, they're crazy. They also travel deep. That stadium looks beautiful, but also at the same time looks like a Roomba. Here in Wisconsin, you know, sports betting is is not at the moment legal. It needs to be passed by the state legislator. It would be kind of cool. I mean, I'm only about 10-minute drive away from Pado if I could go to Pado and put in some sports bets. I've yeah. done my fair share of sports betting, but it's always been in Vegas. You know, if, if they made it legal at Ho-Chunk, Pado, Oneida, etc., I think it would explode in the Wisconsin economy. Um, how does that look in, in Kentucky's area? Yeah, we don't have any legalized uh, official sports betting either, but we do obviously have horse racing that um that is prevalent so it's kind of one of those catch-22s i mean all sorts of stuff as far as you know even the pete rose thing just it, it's just been such a um a long-standing history of something that people disagree with for some reason i'm not sure but i really hope that opens up because it gets people engaged in the sports even more there can be issues that come along with opening up gambling but usually people can find it whether or not it's legal or not. It's just one of those things. The internet's a vast open place where you can find a lot of different things. So I think it, opening it up would be beneficial to, like you said, the economy and just uh, more engagement with the sport. 
Obviously, a lot of NFL teams have been coming out with new jerseys. So we got we have the Chargers, we have the Falcons, we have the Browns, we have the Buccaneers. Those are the main ones. You know, what what are your thoughts on some of those jerseys that have came out? You know, to be honest with you, I'm not like a jersey snob, really. A lot of people have some really harsh, hot take opinions on jerseys. And while there are jerseys that I like better than others, I feel like adding a spice up into like a, a pretty traditional jersey can usually add a little extra flair that I really don't mind. There have been some backfires, I think, like those those Jacksonville jerseys with like the transition brown and whatever that was. But for the most part, I, I kind of like it. Like those new LA Rams ones, there's been there's been some hate on those. The Chargers, the new ones, they kind of look the same as the Rams, but I don't mind them. I think I think it's kind of cool. It gives your fans something new to to buy at the at like the merch store. I don't know. I think it's nice to get some spicing up into there. What about you? Just think about how much of a boom it is in terms of sales. Now, obviously, for a team's financial standpoint, jerseys and merchandise is not the main seller. It's always going to be TV deals that they have. But if, if I'm giving my fans and some new flair, as you mentioned, and, and new jerseys, that's going to be bringing in more excitement to the team. With L.A., both teams, Chargers and Rams, move into a new stadium. To be honest, I don't even know if it's going to be ready in time. It sounds like they're still in the process of, of working on it. Now, obviously, the Rams did a complete revival of their logo and their logo scheme. I love the new Chargers jerseys. I actually just bought one of the navy ones which has been like their hot seller i know you know the powder blues are always going to be the best nfl jersey of all time i know a lot of people kind of agree they also released one of those they released a white one they released a yellow one etc and they just like made it look more clean in a way there's one set of uniforms i cannot stand and they are the atlanta falcons new jerseys they look really really clownish in my eyes a lot of people have been comparing it to XFL jerseys. Uh, there was a team called the New York Guardians who were black, red, and white. And they look very, very similar. And the main thing is like signage that they use. Uh, but they do not look good. I, I thought the Falcons had some really clean, nice jerseys. I like their old school jerseys where it's like a, a red. Back in the Mike Vick era, I thought those were really, really nice. But, you know, completely yeah. upturning that didn't look the best transitioning on from from out of the sports just for a second here just want to ask you about your uh virtual and distance learning with your with your students and stuff just kind of talk about that with our listeners and uh kind of explain how how all that's been changed here with uh coronavirus it's been a real challenge and i'll I'll say that lightly obviously the face-to-face interaction doesn't happen i know some teachers they did like live sessions where kids had to come in. I didn't do that. I would release videos really early in the morning and then give kids X amount of days to complete whatever the assignment is to go with it. There are some times where you have some kids, they'll just disappear. And the reason for that is some of them have jobs and they're considered essential workers. So they're working significantly more than what they normally do. I had some kids that were seniors and they were working over 40 hours and that's tough trying to manage that while also trying to be a full-time student you know the biggest thing that we were communicated from both admin and for us to think about is to have empathy for some of these kids because we don't know what they're going through we don't know how their family is handling the situation additionally with me being a coach it was it was difficult as well because you know we kept seeing these updates about summer sports spring sports more specifically being pushed back being canceled eventually And I knew this entire time that it wasn't going to actually happen. It was never announced that way. But that's difficult to have that thought in your head and knowing that some of these seniors, they had high hopes for themselves. And now they're not even going to be able to experience it. I don't know. I've had like a lot of empathy and a lot of sadness for the kids. One funny thing that I've I've communicated with some of my, my students that they've talked about it with me through FBLA is they love like the memes that are going around did you even graduate if you didn't have a yard sign in your front yard we met with all of our seniors for baseball and we of course delivered a yard sign to them and there was this one kid and he had like five or six yard signs from just different orgs or different sports in his front yard i know we've briefly talked here and there about national parks i know i've talked about it at length in other podcasts going on my big trip now in about a month and one week so it's coming up rather quickly 
still some more prep that needs to be taking place, but what national parks have you attended? And then, you know, what are your thoughts on those that you went to? Yeah, I think it's uh, really cool. I mean, I think what you're doing is is the right way to do it. People uh, will see like Instagram photos and be like, oh, that looks awesome. Let's let's go there, get our pictures. And, you know, and then that's all we're going to do. But you really like to plan a lot, Logan, I've, like just knowing you, whether that be doing your fantasy leagues, whether that be March Madness brackets. And now on your like trips with your national parks, it seems like you know what you're doing. You know where you're going to go. You're going to knock it all out all at once or make a big circuit out of it, which is awesome. So I like to see you doing that. They're just cool places to go to. Uh, it's so many unique spots. Um, yeah, I've been to a few. Obviously, uh, Mammoth Cave is right down here, uh, close to Louisville. Been there. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park a couple of times. Obviously, that's a great one. I've been to Zion in Utah, which is which is great, too. I've been down to Everglades and Biscayne Bay in Florida. Big Bend National Park as well. So there's always more to check out. I definitely want to go to uh, Glacier someday and see what that's all about. And as well as Yosemite, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Time will tell, but I'm excited to see what comes out of your trip coming up. How was Biscayne? That's one that's really, really high on my wish list. Yeah, check it out. It's it's nice. The water down there is super clear. What are some current podcasts that you're listening to and that you're enjoying listening to? Yeah, for sure. I, the reason why I hopped on your podcast is because I listen to so many different ones. And I was super excited to see that you do your own podcast on I think that's awesome. Just like making content that you don't have to be like a super famous podcaster, just go out there and shoot the breeze with your buddies. And I just think it's really cool that you got out there and started doing it on your own. So I follow you on Spotify, obviously that's where I do all my podcasts. And uh, so I listen to like up first and the daily, you know, some news ones. Um, I listen to uh, actually the Michael K show. It's, it's a ESPN New York show, but um, they got some good personalities on there. I listen to all the Ringer stuff. I love the Bill Simmons podcast and as well as Ryan Rosillo. I like a Green Light podcast with Chris Long. I don't know if you've ever listened to that one, but Chris Long, former um, uh, NFL player with the Rams, Patriots, Eagles. So I've listened to Chris Long and uh, Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. Famous author, does a really good podcast and then sprinkle in some others here and there. So what about yourself? I also loved the Bill Simmons podcast. But then he had like a 15-minute segment about why Giannis is going to the Heat, and I got a little turned off by that. <laughs> so I actually haven't listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, even though I think he's an outstanding sports persona since then, just because yeah. I was not ha not happy. But, you know, that's the reality of sports and the free agent market, and especially small market teams. I listen to my normal fantasy football podcasts, even with it being the off season, because I am in – a dynasty league and that goes year round i listen to this show called the spitballers and it only comes once a week it's on monday and it's just complete bizarre wackiness and all it is is like listeners submit questions of would you rather do this or this and it's just like really really weird situations they also have this segment called the situation room and one example i can remember and it was one of my favorite segments they've ever done they said, all right, so you've been dating the same girl for eight years. Your parents are divorced. Your parents end up dating while you are dating this girl that you've been with for eight years. Who has the first dibs? What do you do with the situation? And then they just kind of like talk back and forth about, you know, like who has like the first dibs and like all this just random stuff. It's quite comical. Yeah, they always end each episode with a draft. So it's a draft submitted example. One that they just did last week was they did a battle royale of TV show characters, but you had to draft the characters that would not help you win a battle. So it's just like the weakest, lamest characters of all time. And then based off of that, they post it on Twitter in like a Twitter poll. And then the listeners vote on who is the winner. And then that's just what they do every week. I had been listening when it was going on to a Game of Thrones podcast very, very religiously. They turned that into a Westworld podcast, and I love Westworld. It's it's an awesome show. It's definitely the mind-bender show. I don't want to get too far into Westworld, but season one and season two are awesome. Season three to me was just too much. I, I was 
I didn't I didn't like it that much yeah. personally. I'll take any uh, any podcast recommendations you or anybody else has because I feel like I'm not listening to enough. Obviously, college basketball shut down in the middle of conference tournaments for some of the conference tournaments before they even started. So, you know, what were you doing during the time that we didn't have sports, we didn't have March Madness, any of that? Yeah, I mean, March Madness, I know for you personally, is one of the biggest times of the year. And everyone loves it, but I know you love it like like more than anyone. So um, I was disappointed. Obviously, we didn't have it. The college basketball season this year I thought was lacking because I was so hyped last year with Zion and everything. Um, but this year I was just – I kind of didn't have as much interest. Honestly, watching a couple shows, but nothing the same as that intensity of the big dance. Wrapping up this segment here, we're going to talk about what our favorite Power 5 schools are for college sports. And what me and Parker did is we took into consideration all sports. So we're talking about a program rather than just one specific sport. And the Big Ten, we're unanimous. And we both will always choose Wisconsin over everything. ACC now, I do not have any strong ties to the ACC. I mentioned before the show that I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. He's one of my favorite college football players since, believe it or not, Johnny Manziel. I love Trevor Lawrence. He obviously has a winning mentality, lovely head of hair. He's just an unbelievable prospect. However, if we're talking overall sports, I've always been a fan of the U, Miami. I love watching the 30 for 30 on the Miami team back in the day. But I love Miami. I I visited there, actually, when I was doing my college visits. It was quite a random visit. (laughs) And I also have one pair of sweatpants for Miami. But like I said, I have no ties for ACC. Really, when it comes to the ACC, anybody over Duke. That's all I really care. But I was just curious because I moved, obviously, down into an ACC school. That's where I go to now, so... Uh, obviously, my team is the University of Louisville. Go Cardinals. Super popular down here in the city. So we just thought we'd run through the big five conferences and see where our allegiances go to just, just out of curiosity. So jumping over to the Pac-12, um, what did you say for the Pac-12? Going to go with the Utah Utes for a couple reasons. One, one of my best friends lives out in Utah in Salt Lake City. So I was able to see the entire Utah campus. We took a hike on one of the trails that's on the Utah campus. Quite the unique campus, to be honest. It's so spread apart. Uh, it's up towards the mountains. Yep. But I, I liked it. It was cool. I loved Salt Lake City. Additionally, got to give some love to Larry Kristowiak, who is the current basketball coach of the Utah Utes for basketball. Strong ties to my Milwaukee Bucks. And Andrew Bogut came from Utah. I like Washington because I love Seattle. But outside of that, again, Pac-12, I have no ties. What about you? Yeah, and I kind of agree with you there, too. I mean, the Pac-12 for us is so far away. It's over there on the West Coast. Um, I was always a fan of those uh, UCLA football jerseys. Maybe it's just that powder blue, um, you know, that color scheme that they have there, too. But I always thought uh, UCLA looked cool. You know who I was really high on coming out of college was Josh Chosen Rosen. Obviously, it hasn't uh, turned out the way I wanted it to, um, or the way I thought, I should say. Not that the the Packers needed him or anything, but I always thought he was going to be pretty solid. Uh, The career has taken a little bit of a left turn, but I always liked watching Chosen Rosen in those UCLA jerseys. I know my friend Mike's listening, but... For Pac-12, I could kind of say anybody but Oregon. Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers, I should be supportive of him, but I think he's trash. I'm not happy with that pick still. Yeah, I know. I agree with you there, man. I, I They draft him like, yeah, that's a mistake. Also, they beat the Badgers this past year. That was a flawed victory. Big 12, moving on to the Big 12 here. Uh, mine is TCU, Texas Christian Horn Frogs. Uh, I love Jamie Dixon, the original coach of the Pittsburgh Panthers for basketball. He's now the head coach for TCU. LT is from TCU. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay out there too. For me, I chose Texas. Um, not a huge loyalty out there to the to the Big 12 either. Um, 
but I always like those those uh, burnt orange jerseys. Vince Young versus USC back in the day. That was nice. That uh, Red River rivalry is always a good one to watch during the college football season. And then SEC, I took South Carolina. And the main reason for that is because my family kind of grew up there. Not my direct family, but some of my cousins grew up in South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Yeah, those Gamecocks jerseys are pretty cool, too. I like that red and black. I chose uh, Tennessee for my SEC team. Uh, my girlfriend actually graduated from University of Tennessee. So go Vols, go. Uh, Peyton Manning, former alum out there, Tennessee. That that orange checkerboard on their basketball court, sweet, too. Mm-hmm. Anybody but Drake's Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, no kidding, right? But Drake's a fan of everyone. <laughs> but also, I just thought of one randomly for South Carolina. I saw them three times at the College World Series for baseball, and I know that their fan base runs deep. So that was kind of cool to see. Jackie Bradley Jr. was a stud for South Carolina. He's now with the Boston Red Sox. So. Oh, and then one last thing before we end there is a uh, shout-out to Pat Summit, great Tennessee women's coach. We're going to be coming back right after this break to talk about growing up in none other than Plymouth, Wisconsin. Rack city chick, rack rack city chick, 10, 10, 10, 20s in the 50s chick, 100 D VIP, no guest list, TT Raw, you don't know, know who you with. Perk and I grew up together, and when I say grew up together, I mean every level of school. So we went to elementary school together, we went to middle school together. We went to high school together, and we even went one year together at college. You know, we grew up at Horizon Elementary, and it was really, really odd. Is people viewed it as being the rich elementary school, and I still don't get that to this point. That is kind of interesting. I don't know why that happened. I know Cascade closed down there during that time period. I think just because Horizon happened to be, like, the newest elementary school in town, that could be why. But I don't know if you've been checking that out lately. Our whole school district is completely getting redone i mean we're getting a bunch of new buildings or i should say additions onto our elementary schools and our high schools. so it's it's completely different from when we went there that new field house at the high school is wild fifth grade my biggest memory was kickball fridays with mr langhout rest in peace also toe tokens i loved the toe tokens toe tokens were those were gas yeah with with the high school track being right there you know based off of how much you ran or walked or whatever you could get toe tokens i also remember market days and then the scholastic book fair those are some of my favorite parts about the horizon elementary sons sons baby sons alumni um do you remember school store down in the old art room i do and (laughs) <laughs> it was nice that it was real close to where we grew up too so wasn't too far away if you just want to ride your bike there or things like that especially when it was nice out so really good place to go to elementary school honestly we had a real nice playground we had a little area where we played football out on which was wild as well those games got a little hectic at times oh yeah there'd always be that one kid who goes way too hard and just like starts tackling people or just like running into them too hard and then inevitably you'll get someone who starts crying and and then it's over and then someone comes and yells at everyone and it's (laughs) it's just done one crime i will admit to and i got in some trouble for this is (laughs) you know if you if you didn't think i was a sports fan already when i was in elementary school i thought it would be smart to steal every single pencil that had a sports team on it or eraser cap and i got in some real bad trouble with that you you took those all from the school store yes <laughs> what did they do to you i i know i had to give them back and I, I i had to spend some time i don't know it was like in the corner or something like that i know i got in some trouble at home they probably took away like some sort of toys that I had or something like that. I had I had a bag behind my cubby in my locker and it had all of my sports pens, pencils and erasers. And one time I I brought it home in my backpack and my mom saw it and she's like I've never bought you any of these. So where did they come from? And then I started crying and then ends up, you know, she found out that I was stealing them from the art store. Wow, dude, that is savage. 
but hey, you like those logos apparently. So, I mean, shoot, I can't blame you. And then we transitioned into Riverview and Riverview used to be our high school for Plymouth and it's it's a, such an old building, but I there were so many like funny random moments I can remember from Riverview. My favorite moment by far involved our good friend Franz at lunch. I'm not going to mention who it is, but another kid that we graduated with, his uh, his sister was in high school at the time, and she had a, uh, let's just say, a stash of contraceptives. He brought one to, <laughs> to middle school one day. Franz, and I was at the table at the time, so of course I was guilty by association. Franz and this kid and probably two, three other kids filled it up with just about any food item that they could take from their tray and (laughs) franz went over to one of the garbage cans there's five of them and slapped it on to one of the garbages and i think it was the legend goat mr mcfarland saw it and calls down on his radio to our liaison officer and assistant principal and principal and everybody it was like they're coming in one by one to come and see that what they were looking at was indeed a contraceptive. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Pudding, bananas, yeah. carrots, you name it. Anyone who, who listens to this podcast and was in that lunchroom that day will remember. And they'll, they'll get at least a little good smile out of it because it was, it was a funny day. Franz was our class clown for quite some time. So, you know, him pulling that off. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember this time too. I'll just mention it too in that lunchroom. We had this one kid, and he lived on our uh, on Logan Street for a little while too. His name was Ian Jasso, and great guy. But he one day, he, th- like there was a group of kids sitting at the table, and our one of our gym teachers was walking around and happened to sit at the same table that he was sitting on. His name was Mr. Peterson, and he sat down at the table. And for some reason, Ian didn't register that there was a teacher sitting at the same table, and he started scheming up with uh, his friends. And he gets up on the table and starts dancing on the table during lunch. And there's the teacher sitting right there. He immediately got taken right to the office. Like, why? Why'd you do that? But he must have not seen that Mr. Peterson was right there, man. I was yeah. laughing so hard. You little pixies. Don't forget that. You call, you call everyone the ran- most random stuff. <laughs> I know eighth grade for sure. We had some awesome experiences. We did like a Civil War reenactment with water balloons and you had to dress up as either like the confederate or the union we also did an eighth grade play where i was crazy horse and that was cool and something i'll always remember as well yeah i wasn't on your team with you but i remember that eighth grade that eighth grade play was always fun to go watch um, and there were some good stories that came out of there too so you guys always said i mean middle school in general no matter who you are i mean is is usually a pretty good time and for us it was the same we we had a really good time and middle school just you know being kids and having a you know all your buddies together with you at one time it's always fun the area that a lot of us middle schoolers hung out at was the youth center and i just walked past the youth center a couple weeks ago and i reminisced on some of those memories but man those dances for middle school standards were wild there was no rules it seemed like there were so many fights that happened there. You know, you didn't have teachers going around with rulers, any of that. I know youth center dances were the prime time to go to a dance. We Fly High by Jim Jones. <laughs> that was a big that was a big fan favorite. Bohemian Rhapsody, just, Sandstorm. Yeah, Sandstorm was fun. It was like the electric slide. All sorts of those things. I remember a few of us went with like white t shirts and aviators one time. <laughs> We're just up to a bunch of stupid little annex in, in middle in middle school, but yeah, those youth center dances were an absolute blast. And you know, I don't even know if they have them anymore at the youth center. I'm not quite sure, but I was in there probably a little over a year ago, maybe two. But you remember that big like center area where like the the DJ would sit with the yeah. speakers? Mm-hmm. That wasn't there anymore. One of the most memorable and most infamous spots in the youth center during the dances was the it was the mantle. It was like this little area where like all your cute eighth grade and like middle school girls when you're that age would be would be up there dancing and you just you'd just be loving it but uh a lot of good times at those youth center dances for sure yeah and a lot of us like sixth graders if (laughs) if there's eighth graders up there we try sneaking our way up there as well 
Oh, absolutely. Doing the best that you could, usually getting shoved off. Even without the youth center dances, the youth center was really cool because one, they had really, really cheap ice cream cones. And then second, they had Mario Kart, which was awesome as well. Yeah, they had all sorts of stuff in there too. They had a they had pool in there, ping pong. They had like some arcade games and yeah, they had ice cream and like other snacks too. When looking back on it, it was a really good spot for like young kids to go to. It was safe. It was really close to school. And usually had a pretty good crowd that would go in there. So we always had a pretty good time there at the youth center. And then we had uh Ben and Joyce. Shout out to Ben and Joyce. Yeah. Who those original OGs who would hold down the youth center and, and support it for the kids. So that was awesome. Right in the back door of our middle school was Cardboard Hill. And I know we had a lot of memories there specifically during winter because people would either go sledding there, maybe doing a bit of snowboarding. One of those local spots as a kid that you go to, you bring your sleds, especially in the winter up there in Wisconsin, it gets nice and cold, a lot of snow. Whether it be like an inner tube or some people would like roll down with saw or use those saucers, those like plastic yeah. little bowls, which I never really understood. But people would rock it down the hill with those things, and inevitably at Cardboard Hill, there would always be like two or three people, kids a year, who'd like go off a jump and be like they'd break their arm and you see them be like, oh, I broke my arm at Cardboard Hill. I broke my collarbone at Cardboard Hill twice. Let's see. There I know. You go. That always happened. And the funny thing. Both times was on a saucer. Was it really? Yes. Yeah, see, I never mess with those saucers, man. Those were sketched from the start. I did. I usually got those nice inner tube ones. So, I mean, it gave you a little bit extra padding, but let's be honest. If you're going off a jump, it's like half ice anyway. So if you land wrong at all, you're done. We'll be right back after this to talk about, of course, the most important years of growing up, high school. Bang, bang, city. Rack city chick, rack rack city chick, ten 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 twenties in the fifties chick, hundred D VIP no guest list, TT you don't know know who you with. In my last segment, I just mentioned Cardboard Hill, which is one of the most popular areas for sledding, but I know one that you definitely took advantage of in high school was Nut Hill. When you look at it from the bottom, it's pretty intimidating, to be honest. Yeah, I was a big snowboarder back in high school. I still am, too, but that's where I learned there was a single tow rope there um, and two two little runs. So if anyone is familiar with skiing, this is nothing like that you'd ever seen before. It's basically just a small hill with uh, one little way to get up. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I'd spent a lot of days there riding with our friends and it was really cheap too. I mean, you could ski there all day for like 10 bucks, 10, 15 bucks. So it was right in town too, which made it pretty accessible for me. So now you didn't live on the famous Mead Avenue. However, you were always there. It seemed like Mead Avenue was the place to be for us to just hang out and do such a variety of things because we had so many people from our high school on that street alone, or even if they weren't on Mead, they'd be on Collins Street or they'd be on Reed Street. And it was just like a nice gathering place. MAMF was our little acronym. I won't say specifically what it stands for, but uh, MAMF was what we called everybody that was associated with Mead Avenue. I think we had an awesome time throughout high school. So many memories just growing up in that little area. Yeah, Mead Avenue, man, it was a great time. Um, on the weeknights, it was always, yeah, a couple of people hanging out there in the summertime. And then on the weekends, there was always a bunch more kids. And we just had a really good time. And it was just outdoor activities, which is one of those things that you learn to appreciate as you get older when, when you're working or, you know, you, like for me, I study a lot. So it's a lot of time just spent inside. And you just miss those days when you spent the whole day, whether it was shooting hoops like airsoft guns or playing with your buddies, just doing whatever outside. And you had that prime spot right next to Sean and Ian Murray, and you guys were right in the thick of it. So my my bike ride wasn't a far ways away, but we had really good times there. So I want to kind of just roll down our street and talk about some memories I have from each of the houses, starting with my house. The one memory I'll always remember is I don't remember what the occasion was, 
but I just like didn't want to come out that night and everybody wanted to screw around with my dad. So, you know, you guys were pointing like laser pointers in in the the windows or scratching the windows with twigs or, you know, just screaming stuff, doing whatever. And I remember because I heard this from you guys, my dad like sprinted outside and like ran after you guys. And everybody's like, oh, shit, it's Randy. Randy's coming after us. My dad was just booking it, running after whoever because he was just getting pissed. Were you part of it that night or did you just kind of hear about that? Yeah, I was out there too. And it was one of those nights where we took things way too far being kids and we probably should have toned it back a little bit. I remember your kitchen back there and you could like sneak around right behind your porch and like tap the window and then we'd all like scurry away and we just kept on doing it and doing it and doing it. The thing was, I think like four or five of us that, that day went out and like bought laser pointers and we were just kind of screwing around with them. And then someone's like, let's shine it in. Let's shine it in windows. So then we, that's when we started doing it. I'm still sorry for that. We did that to you guys. Going across the street, then we had the Hollies looking at all of our yards and you know, all of our, our properties on the street. They had the best area because they had both bonfires, you know, where you come over and maybe fry some food up, do some marshmallows, but their backyard was unbelievable. It was like we had our own mini baseball field and there was even a fence. And, you know, if you hit a home run, you're not going to get those balls back. We did play a little bit of football there, but it wasn't prime size for football, more so baseball. I remember we would get so many people to come and just, even if you didn't play baseball, have like a little pickup game or a little scrimmage in that back area. And we call it the backfield. One of my greatest memories back there was with uh, our friend Ryan. What he would do is he'd take one of those old school super soakers and instead of water, he would fill it up with gasoline. And he'd put like a long twig and he'd light the twig at the end of it on fire. And he would pump up the super soaker and he'd squirt out the gasoline. And as the gasoline would squirt out, it would hit the flame and it'd be like his own little flamethrower. Honestly, looking back on it, really dangerous, but it was really fun. It was a really good memory too. Going next door, we have the Murrays and the Murrays seemed like a real nice area to play basketball. I know we had a nice hoop. However, Ian Murray broke our hoop at my house, but I know a lot of people played basketball pickup at the Murray's place. Sometimes I'd roll mine over there or they'd go ahead and they'd roll their hoop out to the street and then we'd play in the street. That was really cool as well. I know Ian Murray, he would just throw down some massive dunks. Whenever Ian played, he'd always be the first pick. <laughs> That's what I remember. I always liked your hoop the best because I thought your breakaway rim was nicer. I remember your brother, Colin, could make like every single shot on that hoop, like consistently would never miss. Us growing up, we thought Colin was like a sports prodigy because he was good at literally everything. He stopped playing basketball after his freshman year. You know whose coaching staff didn't view it the same. You know, he loved soccer and he played one year, but then he also played CYO and just tore it up there. Going next door to the Murrays then, I won't mention who it is, but I know that the Murrays and them, they don't get along. They're pretty ridiculous, so it is what it is. <laughs> that's, that's just a neighbor beef that you'll get in a neighborhood every once in a while. Going down then, we had the Peters, and I think the Peters had like the coolest hangout area. You know, you had their yard and sometimes they'd have like fireworks shows. I thought those were sweet right around July 4th. They also had their little square there. We played so many pickup basketball games there. The only, I guess we'll call it an issue, <laughs> is the net was made out of chain. Now, it sounded unbelievable. I love the sound of making a basket in a chain-linked hoop yeah i know I, I remember so many people would get their hands stuck in it or you know their yard was sweet their garage was awesome they had a little fort up above in their garage they had a tire swing in their front yard just an overall awesome property and they manicured that that lawn really well i love when uh, the peters would decorate for halloween they'd always go all out that yard looked so phenomenal during the trick-or-treating season so shout out to those guys it looked great Going into the Peters basement, we'd hang out with, uh, you know, Jason down there and play a lot of Halo back when Halo was the rage. After Halo morphed into a little bit more Call of Duty, but back when you're in middle school and high school and playing video games with your buddies, it's just a blast down there. So, yeah, shout out to the Peters house. That place was great. The final one I wanted to touch on then was right across the street, and that was the Hughes house. 
and that seemed to be the place to play football. It was a little smaller of a yard. The yard was laid out in a way where they had a rock bed, and then they also had like the sidewalk that kind of painted the end lines for us. I know we played so much football there, whether it be just two-hand touch, tackle, whatever. Even when the Hughes were not in high school anymore, we'd always go over and ask, hey, can we use your yard for football? And they would have no issue at all with it. So we'd just have a great time playing football in that yard. And I know we'd play there for hours. Yeah, I agree. They It's just another cherry on top for that whole little neighborhood. The biggest thing there was the grass was nice and it was really flat. Um, it wasn't too big. So even when you were like youngsters, you could run up and down the field, no problem, score touchdowns with, with your friends. But it made for a perfect like little like four on four, three on three little football game. Thanks to them for always letting us be able to use the yard. They wouldn't even be outside. And sometimes we, yeah, we'd ask or sometimes we'd just play there. So yeah, that was a great, in the Hughes' field. Two inside jokes that we really have are about two absolute bangers when we were in high school. One of them actually came in middle school. The first song that we always joke about is Rack City by Tyga. I don't even know why we joke about it, but we'd always just like joke about the the beat that came along with the song, which you guys have already yep. been hearing to this point. Do you remember why that was? I think it tied into uh, our umpiring, and we'd always like flash each other's signs while we were umpiring and just oh, yeah. crack, a, crack a laugh out of, out of that beat. But that was one of Tyga's first hits. He sounded different. And uh, we got a kick out of that song, but uh, definitely definitely had that on repeat for a while. That was funny. The one that we love talking about, though, is Crank That. Of course, we know that that's by Soldier Boy. And I know <laughs> I knew the whole dance. I'd do it all the time at dances whenever that song would come on. But where it really got funny is for some odd reason, I knew like every single alternate version of Crank That. Obviously Superman, but then... Batman, Aquaman, SpongeBob, Scooby-Doo, blah, blah, blah. And I'd always send you like the link to the songs to check out and you just like would die about it. Yeah, you had all those alt versions on lockdown. That was hilarious. We we didn't know what memes were back then, but it was like a pre-meme song. Like it was just super, you could like make jokes about it for for a number of reasons, but yet it was still kind of a good song. I don't know if I call it an inside joke, but uh, Young Christ, <laughs> that was a a rapper that went to our high school. His sister was actually in our grade. I went over to the Peters house and I burned his entire album, which by the way was on Livewire when Livewire was popular and didn't give you viruses. But I downloaded the entire Young Christ album. There was a song and it included like some lyrics about Ian Murray in it, which was like kind of random. Yeah, it just kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Just one of those dudes that we grew up with. But yeah, just another inside joke. I have one question for you. Did you eat hot lunch a lot or no? Always. What was your favorite hot lunch item at Plymouth Comprehensive High School? Plymouth Comprehensive High School, my favorite hot lunch item i know um everyone loved the bosco sticks oh yeah but for me i think it was just the chicken nuggets and i usually get two two orders of those i would always get two milks too uh, but i wasn't i wasn't a super a super high on bosco sticks as most it was so funny but every single meal it didn't matter what day of the week it was they'd always have pizza <laughs> and oh. like it's like leftover pizza or something and they'd either have it in the rectangle shape or they'd have it in the triangle and it was like every single pizza that they had, it always had like a, a Bosco stick at the end of it. It was a stuffed crust. I've never seen pieces of pizza cut in those shapes anywhere <laughs> but in a lunchroom in like a school. I don't know what it is with those pizzas, but they all come in like weird rectangle shapes. I remember when they started introducing a la carte items, I always would get a, a drumstick. Those are my favorite ones to get. Oh, the ice cream ones. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't blame you. Those are delicious. A little bit of peanuts on top. Phenomenal. I still remember I had a senior lunch. Me, Brittany Steiner, and Michelle Miner were like the only seniors in it. It was such a small lunch. I never understood that, why they have some lunches that were just overly packed. And then you had some lunches that were literally no one. Do you have any lunch stories that you remember? I do have one interesting one, kind of funny. It was when, uh, so I played hoops in, in high school and, You'd have to wear like a shirt and tie on game days and someone who I won't say who 
um, got really angry during a lunch uh, period. I know exactly I was, who this is. And I was sitting next to a pillar, like a, a pillar in the lunchroom that, you know, just held up the ceiling or whatever. And I'm sitting there uh, just kind of minding my own business. I'm not even sitting at the same table as this individual, um, but he gets up and he must have been in an argument with someone and he takes a uh, an ice cream, one of those ice creams where you'd use like the wooden spoon to eat out of it. And it was still full. Instead of throwing the ice cream at the person he was arguing with, he threw it at the pillar, which was where I was sitting next to. And the whole ice cream exploded all over my shirt and tie. And then I had to like go change. And uh, I think he ended up going to the office or something. But I was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Outside of the, the lunchroom, do you remember any specific stories about high school? One story I remember, and I've told so many people about it, is... That's so tractor. I do remember that. I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, people got really uh, butthurt about that. If you didn't know, Plymouth is in a rather rural area. And we had the club called FFA, Future Farmers of America. And, you know, they did their own thing. But I don't remember who started it, but someone just started calling things tractor as like a derogatory or like a mean thing. And I remember we heard it over the announcements, like, you cannot say this anymore. We were told it by, like, our homeroom teachers. And that was the whole story about something being tractor. I don't know if it's ever been used as derogatory before or after those three weeks in high school, but it did cause a big stir at PCHS. And I hope that doesn't happen again because it was, it was weird times. One thing I wanted to talk about because it was so famous when we were in high school, but I think it's definitely died down. And that was the famous Reed Street Run during homecoming. The seniors would stand along Reed Street and they'd hide during homecoming. And underclassmen, the goal was to run from one side of Reed Street, so up by where you live, all the way to the end where the Curtises lived, without getting grabbed or tackled by a senior. And that was like a really, really famous, from what I remember people talking about when we were younger, like freshmen and sophomores, it's definitely gotten better with how they treat underclassmen. Obviously it's just all fun and games, but I know, I know when we were in high school, you heard all these stories and you know, your parents have talked about how seniors treat freshmen, but that was a story I always remember people talking about um, we obviously had our, our TPing and egging and forking and saran wrapping and whatever else. Getting into high school sports, now, a lot of people viewed you, and I know obviously unselfishly you won't agree, but a lot of people viewed you as like one of our better athletes in our grade, and you played a lot of sports. So, you know, what what do you remember and what do you cherish about the sports that you played? I guess I'd always played sports growing up, so it didn't really occur to me. But yeah, I did, did play most things. I ran cross country and then later on in my senior year, I played football and then I played basketball and I ran track too so pretty much I was always busy um, during during high school I played baseball with Logan all through growing up at the, up until eighth grade but I actually didn't play in high school that's where Logan took over but one moment I'll always remember from when you played basketball was we were in the playoffs and we're playing against Slinger and I remember there was this dude he was just a complete meathead and he was in the Slinger student section. And he was just like talking trash, of course, because it was a lot less PC uh, student sections back then than what it is compared to now. And that was what made it so fun. And me being a high school teacher, it's really, really sad to see how much student sections like don't exist or aren't as passionate as when we were in high school. I bet you loved playing in those gyms because every single game, it was like a sellout. You know, being Plymouth in a smaller community, we rallied around and our community rallied around sports. But I remember you buzzer beated Slinger in the playoff game and the place was going nuts for that moment. Yeah, that was definitely one of those that I, I won't ever uh, forget. Shout out to you, by the way, during that game, because what you had done is you took pictures of uh, a few of the players, uh, myself included, and you, you blew up our faces on like big sheets of cardboard cutouts. So like you see at college games, they'll have like the sticks with people's heads on them. And they were like all floating out there during, uh, during the regional final of our senior year. So 
the crowd definitely was loud during during that shot, but awesome times I, I will never forget for sure. And you mentioned earlier that we umpired together. I don't umpire anymore. Um, that's just a great way to just make some extra cash during the summertime. I know we ran into our fair share of crazy parents, which will continue to get even crazier in sports, which is really sad. You know, we did a lot of junior league or mid-shore games was our big one. Yeah, mid-shore for sure. I will say this, and maybe you'll attest, youth baseball dads are like the most crazy youth sport parent. They are in your face at all times. And like you can be an umpire even in the, in the younger leagues. You'll have a pretty consistent strike zone, but if you miss even two, they'll let you slide with one, but two free calls that they think are a little bit outside of the zone, they'll start losing it on you. It's just kind of funny to see how serious they take it, especially at that young age. But as far as umping goes, I had a good time um, enjoying those nice Wisconsin summer evenings um, out there in the baseball diamond, making a couple extra bucks, straight cash too. So that was nice. We're going to be right back and talk about college and wrap this thing up. Rack city, chick, rack, rack city, chick. Ten, 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 twenties in the fifties, chick. Hundred P VIP, no guest list. T T you don't know, know who you with. Parker, myself, and a couple other kids that we went to high school with went to Whitewater right afterwards and. You know, obviously you have a lot of people that go to Madison. It seemed like Oshkosh was a big one as well. But I was actually surprised how many people started at Whitewater. After year one, it seemed like everybody left me. Not saying who, but a couple people got kicked out <laughs> of the dorms. But I know we both lived in Wells. Yep, Wells West, man. I was on the uh, the ninth floor. But yeah, Whitewater definitely had a great time. Randomly drank a lot of Miller High Life and gin that year. Really strange combination, but hey, what can you do? You're a freshman in college. Yeah, I had a good time at Whitewater. I ended up actually transferring after my freshman year from Whitewater, but um, good memories from there. And obviously, you've talked about UW in your podcast in the past, so I don't need to indulge on that too much, but definitely had a good time at Whitewater. So what really brought you from Whitewater over to UW-Lacrosse? For me, the science programs over at UW-Lacrosse were just a a little bit better than what we had at Whitewater. Not that Whitewaters were terrible, but Whitewater is a big business school. So for me, it was just kind of the, the bigger push for for those classes that kind of suited what I needed a little bit better. So that was kind of the driving force uh, why I transferred over to UW-Lacrosse. I mean, I spent uh, three years there and graduated in 2016. Um, your listeners are probably familiar with Oktoberfest. It's packed there. Lots of beer being drank. Uh, honestly, you can't go wrong with those UW system schools. They're, they're all really quality, which is really nice, especially when you leave the state and realize that other states don't have schools like the UW system does. So really cool that we're, off, we're able to offer that to a wide variety of socioeconomic status individuals coming out of high school. I really like that. And it's not only in Madison and Milwaukee either. It's, it's all over the state. So really awesome that Wisconsin has that. And then you journeyed into where you live now, which is Louisville, and that's really what you're doing for grad school. You moved into dentistry. What made you pick Louisville over a lot of other schools regarding what you're currently studying? That's a really good question, honestly. I don't know if any of your listeners are like in dental school or in med school or anything like that, but dental school is one of those things that it's, it can be challenging to, to get into. So I had to apply all around the other country to, to get into school. So I applied to 10 schools and I ended up only getting into three of them. Being from Wisconsin, the only dental school in our home state is Marquette. And I actually didn't get into Marquette Dental School. So I had to look elsewhere. Louisville happened to be one of those schools that I, that I got accepted to and decided to, to make the journey down here to Kentucky. And honestly, it was a really good decision I've had such a good time down here working on, you know, working on teeth, but eventually you're going to get a good, good degree out of here and uh, start in an office real soon. So look for Dr. Parker wherever you can in the, in the short term here coming up. Living in Louisville, what would you say are some of the pros and then some of the cons of Louisville that you've really come to realize? 
So one of the pros is that it's it's definitely warmer in Louisville than than uh, Wisconsin. I like the warm weather a lot. It's not like no snow whatsoever, but it's rare that we do get snow in, in Kentucky down here. Um, so I do like that. Louisville's kind of got that weird vibe going on too, where we got some really eclectic restaurants and some authentic cuisine, lots of bourbon down here. So that's kind of an acquired taste that I've been getting into. It's a city of small neighborhoods, so you can zip around and the traffic isn't too bad or anything like that either. So honestly, I really liked it down here. It took me a while to to get used to everything, but ever since then, I, I really liked it down here. Uh, the con for me is that there's no pro sports, like you mentioned earlier in the pod. I really hope that someday Louisville, whether I'm here or not, can grab a pro sports team. I'm not sure where that's going to be. But if they do someday, I'll definitely uh, be a fan just because of my loyalty to the city down here now. So if you guys are ever driving through like I-65 coming south from those northern states, maybe uh, take a stop in one of the one of the places down here. We have um, the Muhammad Ali Center. Obviously, the greatest of all time is uh, is from Louisville, the Louisville Lip. You can check out the Louisville Slugger Museum, like Logan said, Churchill Downs. It's a good city. I'd, rec- I'd recommend uh, taking a visit if if you or your listeners are ever down this way. Are you hoping to get a job in the Louisville area? Are you open to traveling around? Do you want to come back home? What are your views on that? Yeah, that's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle. It's a really good question. Um, I think everyone kind of has to figure that out for themselves. I know once you get that degree, you got to find yourself a job. And then kind of from that job steers you in the direction where you want to go. But we'll see. I don't think I'll stay right here in the Louisville area. There's a there's a lot of dentists down here already, considering we do have a school and uh, Lexington is where the University of Kentucky is. They also have a dental school. So a lot of dentists right around in this area, but I haven't made my decision where I'm going to go permanently yet. Obviously, it's a big decision, but a little nervous at the same time, too, but only time will tell. So what is the job market look like right now? I think, well, I shouldn't say there's no jobs in Louisville. There definitely is. You can you can pretty much be a dentist forever. Uh, like I said, I'll graduate next May, so... By that time, I'm anticipating everything will have bounced back in the dental industry to an adequate level where, you know, there'll be job openings and things like that. It's kind of where you have to talk to recruiters and figure out where positions are going to be opened up. So um, I'm anticipating it to be to be up and running. But I guess, like I said before, it's tough to really say to predict the future right now just because there's so much uncertainty. Well, that's all I got on on this episode, and I'm, I'm happy that you took the time to join me here. Do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, like, I'm super happy, super proud of you, man, that you got this this podcast going. I know it's some extra work that you've undertaken, but I'm happy that you're, you're doing well. seems like your students love you, too. Getting some coaching in there, too, which is nice. I think that getting back out onto the diamond or the field or the court, whatever it might be, is something that you know I haven't been able to do yet just because I've been in school for so damn long, but I think someday it'll be nice to maybe do some coaching or be involved with some some sort of team again. So I'm pretty happy that you're doing that too. Thanks for having me on. Maybe in the future we can do it again, but until then, I'll be listening, man. Congrats on the, on the podcast and continued uh, success with the career too. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Words with Logan and Friends. Signing off. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'ma spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top 10.